Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined from Lowell, Kentucky by Dave Lackford. Dave, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. What, like two weeks? Yeah, I actually recorded a podcast when I was in Texas with a very special guest, and uh, my computer ate like half of it. We made fun of you so much on it, too. You would have been so pissed. I, I probably wouldn't have been pissed. You know, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm thick-skinned, and I'm, I'm fodder on here, so it's all good. I accept my role. We tried to save it, but it just wasn't salvageable. Somehow, my computer just like dropped out a ton of the audio. I was so mad about it. I should have just recorded it on my phone. But uh, anyway, that's what happens. You get too fancy. Got to stick to the... Uh, the basics. So we're back. We're going to talk about Last Chance You have had a few people ask me for us to talk about it. Of course, uh, Dave and I have another podcast that we never do. Uh, <laughs> we talk about TV shows. And I'm sure the officer, Adam Friedman, is going to be mad we're doing it. But guess what? He's never available. He's running a bar studio. He's out giving tickets. Who knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I got multiple hats to wear. So, All right. So Dave hate for well, first of all disclaimer. Dave hates Last Chance You, right? Dave, you'd say. Yeah, I definitely hate it. I hate watched it, and I hope it. I hope it doesn't get renewed. Did, did it get renewed? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what the. I mean, I guess they would be getting ready to film it if it had been. I'm sure it has. I mean, it seems like it's pretty popular. Uh, I although I, I don't know if I'd want those cameras on my campus. You know, I mean, it doesn't end well. Well, so. Uh, I do, I do feel like this season didn't have as much buzz around it. Maybe because we were, you know, it was already in the news that uh, that Coach Brown had gotten fired and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> By the way, okay, so let's talk about that first. Let's let's jump right to the end. So Coach Brown has this the exchange student or the the student from Germany, which this is a this is a major trend. I kind of want to talk about with Rob. We have all these guys from Europe now coming to play college football. And, you know, I've seen a lot of media members, uh, you know, really leaning into this European. This is the next great frontier for players. I got news for you, Rob, or Rob, Dave, sorry. (laughs) I'm out on the European players. Okay. This is a man who's leaving for Europe here in two days. You can have them. You can t- TCU just took a quarterback from Europe. Listen, if you're TCU and you can't find a quarterback in Texas, you got to go to Germany. I think you got problems. Um, but anyway, so the player comes. The player comes over from Germany. He's actually Greek, uh, which is funny. Uh, a lot of big Greek community in uh, in Germany, including several uh, members of my family, who hopefully I'll be seeing in in Greece when they're uh, when they're home. But. Uh, he comes to last chance you and he becomes some type of a, a manager slash student, uh, which I, a manager slash player, which I thought was odd, which tells you he probably sucks. Right. Absolutely. They're just taking his out. They're taking his, uh, his international tuition, letting him be a member of the team. And there's a few times where they show him. And it, <laughs> did you notice when they showed him and they were like hanging up signs that coach Brown was calling him Hitler at that point? No, I didn't even see that guy. What's he look like? He's just like a short, he's just like a short, nondescript player. His name's Alex. They show him a few times during the show. I'm sure what they did was when they, when after he had gotten fired, it was that guy's fault. They probably went through and took whatever footage they had of the kid and were like, we got to get this kid in here. But anyway, he's calling him Hitler, but in like a, now this is what I wanted to ask you, Mr. Marine sometimes nicknames like that take on a life of their own. So he's like, Oh, come on, Hitler, hang up the sign. And like laughing. And the kid's not like crying about it. You know what I mean? The kid is, it's almost like an endearing nickname, which is a weird thing to say about Hitler. (laughs) It's football culture, man. Football culture is weird like that. Right. But would you, you would say that you'd seen stuff like that too in your military days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I can tell you that the the people that got the nicknames weren't happy about those nicknames. It's just, it's the military. What are you going to do? You know? Right. So, so anyway, the, what the bottom line is it came down to it is his second year, this was after the show had stopped filming. He, uh, he told the kid that he, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your Hitler. Right. (laughs) Which is what led to him getting fired. And what's funny is that when they cut to the university president and he's at, they ask him, he's like, 
when I was initially sent the messages, I was I was very confused. Like, what an odd thing to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty odd thing to say to tell someone that you're their Hitler. In 2019, um, no less. Right. But let me tell you something. This, you know, and 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 uh the coach Brown, sometimes the way he does things, he's obviously a way crazier, but he reminds me of my cousin Ernie. Uh, and, and, and we, he would, he was in the, the army, he was a sergeant in the army and he runs a similar ship over there at his house. And, uh, I remember one time we were selling four wheelers. It was actually up here in, in Gainesville, Georgia. We had, we had put together this hustle. You would have loved it, Dave. We, the, the patent expired on the Honda three wheeler engine license. So all these companies in China started mass producing them and putting them in four wheelers. So they were essentially Honda clones, right? Right. And we could get them for like 100, 200 bucks. We're talking about ones for little kids, all the way up to like full size. So we just started buying these four-wheelers in mass and then flipping them. And like we, he opened a shop and we were selling them faster. We could put them together. We opened on Thanksgiving. We closed it the day after Christmas, right? Right. And we were, I mean, we were making dough. We're talking handover. We're talking the truck would pull up and people are trying to grab them before we could even get them put together, right? Right, right. So big, anyway, Big four-wheeler market out there. Right, up in Gainesville, Georgia, yeah. So his cousin uh, came to help us and his name was Aubrey, right? Like Drake. He's probably, he's probably like 15, you know, nice little redneck uh, kid up here in Georgia. And... uh so, so anyway, we started calling him Audrey, right? <laughs> like, what's your name, Audrey? And he kept getting so mad. It was me and a couple of other guys who were working there. Kept calling the kid Audrey to the point where you know he he's uh, the kid's getting real upset about it. <laughs> he's like fifteen. <laughs> we're just picking on him relentlessly, right? So finally, he's had enough. So he he. He, he goes over he goes over to my cousin Ernie, who's his uncle, and he goes, Uncle Ernie. And he goes, What do you want, Audrey? <laughs> and the kid just loses it, just bursts into tears and runs off, and we all laugh at him, right? This is what it reminded me of, Coach Brown culture, just relentless. It's like eat or be eaten, right? And yeah. do you know that? And and I saw AJ Brown tweet about it where he was like and this turned into a controversy we can talk about where he was basically like, this is how football coaches are. If you don't play football, you don't know what's up. I mean, how many places do you think something similar is going on? Maybe not the Hitler stuff, but the calling the kids names and, and things like that. Well, there's a, there's a, I saw today on Twitter, there was a Pennsylvania high school football coach who was using like Confederate flags and calling uh, one of his players, you know, derogatory names uh, as like a, a motivator or something like that. It's just like, how, how stupid are you people that you live in this bubble where, you know, I mean, this stuff is going to come to light and there's going to be a backlash for it and, and people are losing their jobs over it. So I think that it happens all the time, honestly, but it's just, is it going to come to light or not? And you're, you're playing a dangerous game that has zero benefit in the end and all risk. Right. But people are so far removed. I mean, this is why you see guys. But this you know, guy's on TV. <laughs> He's on right. TV. Right. Which they keep calling it national television, which I was like, you guys are, it's on Netflix. You know what I mean? Well, isn't isn't that, I, would, I would say Netflix is national. I'd say it's international. I mean, are more people watching Netflix than they're watching, you know, something on FX? I'd yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, I I would, but I wouldn't call it. I mean, just it's just an antiquated term. I felt like they True. were using. Um, so so what our boy? Uh, so here's what our boy AJ Brown said. Um, oh, did he delete it? Why does everyone delete? Oh, here we go. It's back. Okay. So, Coach Brown went on went on uh, <laughs> some show on FS1. Speaking of national, speaking of who watches yeah. these shows. It's him, Whitlock, and uh, looks like um, what's our boy's name? His DJ name is Dat Dude. He used to be on ESPN. Marcellus Wiley, okay. uh, who I really like, very good DJ. By the way, I went to a party where he was DJing. He was very good. Um, so AJ Brown says, and this is the the old Miss wide receiver that got drafted by the Titans. All coaches do the same thing. He was just filmed. 
non-athletes just wouldn't understand. He says non-athletes. Now, what's funny is all the people, <laughs> A.J. Brown doesn't realize that Whitlock played college football and obviously Marcellus Wiley played in the NFL. So these are non-athletes that they're sitting there talking with, you know? <laughs> um. <laughs> so, so anyway, Coach uh, Tony Dungy says, I'd have to disagree. I played for two of the best coaches in history, Chuck Noll and Bill Walsh. They didn't berate their players with profanity. They coached us demanding, yes, correct you, yes, degrading, never. Um, and so, I, yeah, of course, Chuck Noll and Bill Walsh were like that. This dude, those guys weren't coaching at some JUCO, you know, with a bunch right. of jabronis. So, Well, hold on. Wait. So, so AJ played for Hugh Freeze, right? Yeah. The Holy Roller? So you mean to tell me the Holy Roller Hugh Freeze was out there calling him F-sticks? And, and whenever he dropped the ball, he calls him a B-word. You dropped the ball, you bitch. I, was, I couldn't believe he said that to a kid. Like, kid, receivers drop balls. You know what I mean? It's what happens. I don't think that people are like that. I think great football coaches have great presence of mind. I think when adversity strikes in a game, coaches are able to keep their composure and, and check their emotions and focus on the transitions that need to take place in order to get things back on track. You know, maybe Hugh Freeze was a screaming lunatic during the games. Maybe his high school coach was, but I don't, right. think the, I don't think the successful coaches act like that. I don't think uh, – I definitely don't think he's talking about Hugh Freeze. I, but the issue he is – like, all coaches. He literally used well, the word all coaches. I mean, and this is where I wish Rob were around instead of wherever he is. Uh, the, I go to a lot of games, and I hate to say it, you know, I see stuff like this happen in games where you see a coach grab, grab a dude's face mask and start screaming and, you know, MFing him and stuff. I see it at seven on sevens. Right. You know, so it's not fun for the kids. And the, the problem is this generation of athlete. It's just not cut out for it. And that's the whole thing is like at the – I think you texted me when our boy Coach Brown was like, I'm just old school or whatever. It's like you're irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like this is just not – it's just not going to work. There's just no situation. Look at the coaches that are successful. Now, Nick Nick Saban yells a lot. I've seen him coach up close and personal in like a camp setting. And he's sure, he yells and he shouts – but is he threatening to cut players every single play? No. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, and, and I understand it's a fine line. Like there's no culture at these JUCOs. Like the problem is like, that's why the team sucked so bad after they immediately lost. Cause they, all they did was talk about winning the national championship. Right. And once they didn't, you see the kids be like, I'm just trying to get film. I'm trying to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And, and and that's why I went downhill so fast. So it's 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 hard to compare like being a JUCO coach and and being a type of <laughs> at a place like that. I mean, it's messed up. It's just it's not. I thought, when, I'm going to say ahead. something about when you said that they were all trying to get filmed. There was also I think it was episode five um, after they had lost to Garden City. They kind of spoke about you know we got to win out. We got we're not a, together as a team. We're not like we were last year. So sure, while there is an element of you know we need to get film, and that was in a wide receiver room. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Was it the anyway? I don't yeah. want to get. But well, the, the, I think that there was an element of team and wanting to win the games because you can sit there and say, yeah, I want to get film. Sure, everybody wants to get film, but you also want to get film when you're winning because when you're winning, you get more plays, more more things you can put on your film. Right. But if you're losing and you're not playing well, you're not getting film either. So as the team goes, your film goes. Well, and, you know, that's one of the other main issues. A lot of these assistant coaches, especially the young guys, they don't even know how to be coaches. They're sitting there trying to be friends with the kids. Yeah. Remember when they were talking trash on uh, Fort Scott? And they're like, they got some dudes from Idaho, man. He said, I'm not even going over to film with them. These dudes are bums. And then they get blown out 33 to nothing. <laughs> right. That's like, what type of coach does he exactly? Like, imagine even as, you know, as many problems as Coach Brown has. Imagine when you watch that back and you see your position coaches like, not even take an opponent seriously. All of those coaches were the only one that was a try hard dude was the defensive coordinator who had the little girls there and he was from UCLA. Like that dude was like missing his daughter's birthday party because he's watching film. And you could tell how frustrated he is. He's he just was out of his element as a coordinator, I think, because I think he was an assistant and then he was 
he just, they were losing. He just looked so defeated, but he was still there trying to put in the work. But these other guys, they, they were doing nothing. I mean, what, what was it when they were having that party before the game and these kids are all out drinking and wrestling and all this stuff? You don't do bed checks before a game? Your assistant coaches literally don't walk and do bed checks to make sure people aren't breaking curfew the night before a game. What right. are we talking out here, man? And and that 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 falls on the head coach too. That's the lack of organizational priorities right there by the head coach. So, I mean, you these players kind of quit and gave up. So did the coaches. I mean, it's bad. It was like a Louisville meltdown. Although they were competitive at the end, <laughs> unlike Louisville. <laughs> Well, so, so I wanted to talk about and so, something that that uh, that a lot of people asked about was why didn't they show the Georgia? Why didn't they show the they had the number one JUCO player in the country and they barely showed him? Did you right. find that odd? No, I didn't find it odd because that like when you when he was talking in the in the film rooms, you know, he was one of those guys saying, "I'm just trying to get film." I believe he was one of them. I could be mistaken, but. When he he was kind of just like super cliche. He carried himself like a top recruit typically carries himself. He's there's nothing really interesting about him. Uh, he's a you know he's just there for the short stop and he's getting out. I, I think that it didn't fit in with what they were going for the narrative of that show. And the narrative of that show was like I said in the in the notes, it felt like a Cormac McCarthy novel where main characters are just getting written into the margin early and often. I mean, we're talking Bobby Bruce, he gets one he gets one uh episode and he's gone. I mean, he was the star of the show last year. Uh then Malik Henry gets kicked off the team and then they follow Marquise King at nauseum throughout it. You know, his mom's calling him from the hospital crying and he's talking about buying his mom a house and he's taking you back to the old neighborhood and then he smokes weed and he's not going to class boom he's gone and then you know the ad gets fired and 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 uh brown quote unquote resigns so i think it didn't fit well into the narrative of what they were going for with the uh, with that season yeah i mean they obviously craft characters but uh i just and i mean maybe i did know there was one point where you said where coach brown like called him out did you hear that where he was like where he basically was like, be like Jermaine and be lazy and don't do anything. Did you hear him say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I also heard him cuss out his coach when they put him on the sideline for loafing. And he goes, what are you doing? We got a five-star. You putting in some two-star? Also, stars don't matter, by the way. Coaches never refer to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which Jermaine was number two in our rankings. The number one guy was Chester Graves, who didn't, who's actually playing in the seat, who actually – Chester Graves was on an episode that made Rob really – he was the one where he said he would kill the player and his people. Yeah, yeah, I'll kill you and your people. <laughs> that was our number one player in the country who somehow didn't didn't academically qualify. Who would have thought? I'm, I'm shocked, but he is definitely a certified dog. I will kill you and your people. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, talk about, talk about his shots fired, huh? I yeah, mean, right. I mean, come on, yo, that's terroristic threatening right there. I mean, for real, you you want to charge people with criminal things? You could you could charge him with that. I mean, I don't care. You don't sign up to to play football. If I spear you in your back and break your back, that's kind of that goes in the game, right? But if I'm literally threatening to kill you and your whole family on a football field, that, that's worthy of a criminal charge, man. You just, you just committed a B misdemeanor on, uh, quote, unquote, national TV right there, bro. Well, so uh, that game, which we can talk about, I mean, obviously, Coach Brown is a lunatic, right? Let's put that on the table. Oh, yeah. Without but question. I felt like that game, especially with how much talking that Graves was doing, and then they threw the player out for allegedly saying the N-word, and then they – threw Coach Brown out for two sideline warnings, and then he got suspended a game. I mean, that was pretty ridiculous, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, but what made it even better was uh, when they were talking about suspending him, suspending Coach Brown, he's like, I'll sue everybody. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what are you going to sue him for? What's your legal grounds there, buddy? What, what's your damages here? <laughs> well, that guy's you, such an idiot, man. You probably could, a lawyer of your ilk, could probably get some type of injunction to make it to the end of the season, like delay it to the end of the season, right? Yeah, but he wasn't talking in like that. He was talking about like suing them for like in a in a, a, a civil action case, not not in like an administrative sense. Administrative sense would be, yeah, I'll I'll appeal through the administration, and then once the appeal happens, then it'll stick. You know, but he he wasn't using that kind of language. 
Well, regardless, he clearly people hate him and he gets the short end of the stick, I think. I mean, that's, you know, but that's kind of like a you made your bed, you got to lie in it. Like him being a a lunatic uh, so many times has led to now him just, uh, you know, already getting, uh, (laughs) you know, getting coming in you know, with two strikes or whatever, because he shouldn't have gotten thrown out of that game. I mean, I thought that was pretty stupid. Um, we can talk about some of the characters if you want. You, I didn't realize you made notes. I can look at this sheet. I didn't even look at this sheet. I was just winging it here. Um, you, I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, and I almost made me side with coach Brown was our boy, our boy, uh, the coach at the garden city, the Mr. You know, Sims, Jeff Sims. Yeah. Mr. Conservative, Mr. We do things the right way. Just losing his mind and acting like a total buffoon. Right. But he, even his, even his level of losing his mind and acting like a total buffoon dulled in comparison to Jason Brown, losing his mind and acting like a total buffoon. Like he, he even like, he even says something to Jason Brown and then he, he goes immediately, Lord, forgive me. I, I shouldn't be talking bad to Jason Brown. <laughs> right. But that's, that's my point is he's such a hypocrite. Like he sat there, he started that whole fight, you know, oh, at like, the end. Yeah. At the end, definitely. It definitely started that whole fight at the end without question. He, he could have, he could have handled that with more class, but those two dudes hate each other. And I think his main, his main, message to his team was don't play like them don't play like them we play like them we lose and he did kind of keep his composure and keep that on them during the game but once the game was done all that emotion he had subdued over since last year when when independence beat them i think it just exploded onto the surface and and i think that was the best part of the show actually (laughs) my favorite I, i enjoyed it i'm just saying like Look, dude, you can't, if you're going to, I have no, I'm a, I'm crazy. You know what I mean? I scream at people oh, I know. on a daily basis. I mean, I almost punched some guy at the grocery store yesterday because he was walking too close behind me. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I feel you on that, man. Personal space is big with me. Like, come on, dude, there's all this space in the grocery store and you just stepped on the back of my Adidas? Right. So- <laughs> That's exact, exactly what happened. I mean, I turned around like, I turned around so hot because this dude was like right over my shoulder, man. Yeah, uh, I was like that in line at Qdoba the other day. This lady was like, I could feel her breath on the back of my neck. And I turned around and I'm like, excuse me, can I help you? And she was like, oh, now I'm just waiting to get my food. I was like, all right, well, when the line moves, you stay still and I'll move up three paces and we'll keep that distance the rest of the time. Was, and normally I don't say nothing like that, you know, because I'm a lawyer downtown and I'm seeing, I'm around coworkers. A judge might be in there or something. But I, I, don't, I mean, I had to. I went into fight or flight mode. I didn't know what was going on. You know, back home, somebody's going to rob you if they're that close up on you. You got to check and see if your wallet's still there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel you on that. Right. 100%, man. So anyway, but I just think if you're going to, if you're going to act like Mr. Class and all that, then you got to, it's got to go all the way through. Now I did, you said, now you see how they got in a fight now when they work together though, right? I mean. Right, right, right. And I mean, there's bad blood there. I get being Mr. Class. We all have our transgressions, right? So let that, let that transgression be the exception to the norm. Whereas on the flip side, (laughs) Jason Brown, his his transgressions are the norm. And when he's somewhat classy, you're like, wow, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Like when kickoff, when, during kickoff, he walked out there and shook his hand. He's like, try to be nice, got to be nice. And, uh, and I like the juxtaposition they did too, because before the game, Sims is talking to his team, you know, and, and the pre, pre-game speeches are always kind of cliche. So he's like, we got to take the ball away. You know, he's, he's saying that coaching point. And, and Coach Brown is, is hitting him with, the, you know, it smells like uh, out there. We Nothing but uh's out there. And he's just so dumb. Like he tries to be like this this hood dude. And he tries to, he tries to project to his players most like base instincts. And you, you can't do that if you're trying to – be an organized coach, implement a game plan, have your players play with discipline and, and, and have some kind of presence of mind on the field. You can't just stir up their base instincts and have them run out there. He's the kind of coach that sends them out there all fired up on kickoff, but when the emotion wears out, like he starts getting beat. And that's exactly what happened in that game. It was 21 to three. And once all the emotion wore off, that, that was it. They got straight up outplayed and went into the locker room. It, it was like 20 to 21, you know? So 
I think Sims is definitely a better leader of men. And I, I would say, sure, he had a, a moment of weakness there where he looked like a hypocrite. But for the most part, you know, and we saw it last year, his practices are well organized. His team's well oiled. You didn't see a bunch of people in the locker room drawing back or anything like that. They sat there and they, they were stoic and they listened. And I think you have the complete opposite with Jason Brown. I think you have the inmate running the asylum over there. <laughs> right. Well, you, you said they don't like each other, but at the end, I don't know if it, at the end he was def- Sims was defending Brown. Did you see that right. part? Yeah, because that that goes back. So he he regresses to the mean there, right? He we all have we we all have an image we try to portray, right? And so that coach is trying to take the high road, be the bigger man, and kind of pat Brown on the head. I mean, it's 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 very condescending, and it's an effective way of twisting the knife into your opponent right there. To me, that's like grand strategy type stuff. I like Sims. I think Sims is is more methodical. I think he's way more calculating. And I think Jason Brown is just a, a, a grown man who has no control over his emotions and has no presence. I mean, look at, okay, so in the very beginning of the show, Coach Brown says, you can say what you want, but I'm never going to change. That's like the whole point of junior college is <laughs> it's, 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 it's somewhat of a reformatory. At least that's what they want you to believe it is. Right. And so he's on the sideline uh, when they're losing to Fort Scott. Right. And Malik Henry, he pulls Malik Henry and they don't show why Malik got pulled. And Malik's on the sideline talking trash on Brown. Like, man, I don't know why I got pulled. Right. And so he goes, Malik hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He's out of here. I'm like, dude, you just said that y- you'll never change no matter what anyone says. So the hypocrisy of that is, is just dripping with irony. And I, I remember Wood Harris, I remember the Titans, you know, telling uh, Gary, you know, attitude reflects leadership. And if you look at how emotionally unstable those players are, how undisciplined they are, it's a direct indictment on Jason Brown as not only a coach, but as a, as a human being. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I, I, the bottom line is <laughs> – and it's hard, Dave. You know, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Oh you know, yeah. Kind of similar to a Coach Brown situation, but you have to keep evolving. I mean, right. you know, I I was the same way. You know, like I I did not grow up like, and I you know, you and I both make similar mistakes all the time. Where where you know we say something stupid or do something stupid, but we didn't grow like I didn't grow up like knowing people that went to college you know what i mean like right. that, that was not like where i'm from like you don't that this was just not a thing and i'm not from the hood like coach brown not from compton i mean i had a you know relatively white privileged upbringing i mean we were poor or whatever but you just don't have those experiences so when you get into you know a place around like when i got my first job at a newspaper and i was around all these high-minded journalist types I mean, I didn't get along with any of them. And I was constant they were constantly complaining and not wanting to do what the boss said. And I was and I was under the mindset of look at the boss says something. We work here. We're employees. We do it, you know? Right. And these these, you know, high minded journalist types were like, No, we don't no, that's not how it works. And I was like, you know, maybe for you, you guys want to be stuck here forever. I'm trying to get out of here and get on to my next thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep evolving, right? You got to change. Change is part of it. And if you're rigid like that, you're going to fall off. You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of great generals started out being very uh, innovative with, with with their strategies and, and the things they did. But eventually, they started to lean on those strategies, and they didn't change with the times, and they became rigid. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're Napoleon trying to invade Russia, and you lose. You get exiled, and Waterloo happens. You know what I mean? So. You, you got to keep evolving with the times. You can't just say, you know, we're going to line up wing T and just bully these dudes. It, it just doesn't work in football. It doesn't work in life. You have to change with the times and the trends. And for, the, for him to say in the very first episode, you can say what you want, but I'm never going to change. You know, that's good foreshadowing because he didn't learn anything from last year. Right? He, right. he didn't learn anything. He didn't look at the failures and say, okay, 
how can I adapt for them? I don't look at the victories in life. You know what I mean? Like I graduated from law school. I didn't sit back and say, how did I make that? How did I do it? Let me apply that to everything. No, I, I stay formless. I'm like, okay, that's done. Now I got to pass the bar exam. And then you pass the bar and you say, all right, now I got to figure out how to actually be a lawyer. How do I win a trial? How do I suppress evidence? How do I, you know what I mean? You got to learn all these things. Um, but to me, Brown's just a dude who was like kicking his heels up, watching Charlie Wilson sing to him, talking about, I'm kind of a big deal. Like none of that matters because now you're irrelevant because you sit back and look at your past victories and you're not changing with the times, as you say. And, and now where are you? You're fired and you've been indicted. Well, charged. I don't know if he's been indicted or not, but he's been charged with eight felony counts. So how's that for not changing, bro? <laughs> All right, so let's run through. Let's just do quick. Let's do. Let's like run through the players, and uh, talk about each one of them a little bit. Okay. All right. So, so our boy uh, Jay Jones transferred in from Georgia Tech, former Rivals Camp Series participant. I uh, think came to the Atlanta camp. Of course, Rob would say I'd never seen, never saw him. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Classic Georgia Tech quarterback, had offers to go elsewhere as an athlete, chose to come to Georgia Tech, wanted to be a quarterback, uh, washed out pretty quick, ended up at uh, at Indy. You know, it just was a disaster from the get-go for him. He injured his hamstring, probably should have never played, right? He should have just taken a redshirt season. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said, too. You know, I mean, it was, a, it was what, the first play of the game, and down goes that hammy. But he was already hurt. Like, he was pushing it to get back. Right, and that's what he said. I should have sat out the first two or three games before I came back. I remember him saying that. But his whole season was just a disaster. And honestly, I don't think he ended up anywhere as far as I know. But the issue is, this is a case of, and I understand, look, there's plenty of guys who've been doubted and have been told, look, you can't play quarterback, and then they end up succeeding. But Lamar I mean, Jackson. Right. Well, I mean, whoever told – I thought – I always thought Lamar Jackson was a good quarterback. I would not put – I mean, obviously, they're, they're not comparable considering how bad Jones uh, has been. But, I mean, he was a – He was a, if we go back and look at his recruitment, okay, we had him as a 5'7". He had offers from Alabama, Auburn, Florida, <laughs> Mississippi State. I mean, those, those are pretty good – those are pretty good offers to play other yeah, players. Yeah. You know what I mean? But right, he, right. But he wanted to play quarterback so bad – he went to Georgia Tech, and it was a disaster. You know, like he should have played wide receiver or DB, and he might be on his way to the NFL right now, right? I always, I always say play DB because there's there's more value in in the corner than there is a receiver. Right, exactly. So, so Jay, and the that's the other thing. What is the upside as a player? Being on this show doesn't do you any good because it doesn't come out until after you already have signed, so you're not getting any exposure. Now he's unsigned, and he looks like an, he looks like a malcontent on the show. Yeah, he did look like a malcontent. My my favorite one is when they lose to Fort Scott, they pull him out, then they're losing, and then he says, "Go back in the game," and he's like, "No, you pull me out. You don't take nobody out there rhythm like that." Then he goes in the locker room and starts saying. They pulled me because I was. They wouldn't let me go back in because they said I was moping on the sideline. You can ask anybody. I wasn't moping. I was sitting there smiling. No, you weren't. He didn't even have his helmet. Yeah, he was sitting on the bench moping before he even said he wasn't going to go back in. So that's another thing, man, with these kids at these JUCOs that they show all the time. See, they don't they don't show like the kids that like thrive and do well and, and do what they're told to do. They only show the malcontents. You know what I mean? Because that's what everybody wants to see. Right, exactly. I mean, they didn't show uh, a friend of the show, Dante Carrier Williams, who uh, ended up at Vanderbilt. I mean, he never got any screen time at all. So, right, anyway. he was boring because he did what he was supposed to do, and he didn't really add anything to the storyline narrative that they were going for. Right. Okay. Next, Chase Hildreth, the other quarterback out of Texas, another right well, rivals camp alum, left and right here at this camp. Uh, he. He mentioned that he had like gotten into some trouble and stuff. Did you did you catch him say that? Like, yeah. What did he do? I don't know. We we didn't have him signing anywhere out of uh, high school. Looks like he came to the Houston camp uh, back in the day, probably like 2015. Rival speed and skill. I think we were calling it at that time. What a gimmick idea that was. Uh, um, <laughs> that was not our idea. Um, but anyway, he ended up at Texas State, so he's going to be running the spread. He's he he helped himself. I mean, he didn't look super great when he was playing, but he got a scholarship out of it. Yeah, and the thing with him, 
here's the thing that it's hard with the quarterbacks in this show is, you know, one minute they're on the field, next minute they're sitting on the bench and, and they're not really showing why the kid got benched. They might show like one bad throw, but I mean, it's also hard to play in that. I mean, you got three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks out there and every quarterback is looking over his shoulder after he makes a bad throw. So to me, that's not conducive to winning. Well, yeah. And you got a QB coach who's too busy trying to like be, be cool and be friends with the kid, with the guys, you know, like, yeah, he was undermining coach Brown every chance he got. Right. So, so that was a disaster. So big shot to chase. My guess would be if he gets to play, Texas state's going to have an exciting offense this year. I think, I think who did they hire as their offensive coordinator or their coach? It was somebody, it was somebody like from the air raid, um, I'm not. I'm not well versed on Texas State coaching changes. It was <laughs> like Graham Harrell or somebody like that. Uh, oh, oh, really? Jake, no, Jake Spavital. That's who it was. Okay. All right. You remember him? He played. Uh, Spavs. He played in the air raid. He, uh, my guess would be he'll do a very good job of that. He was a. Uh, he was the West Virginia offensive coordinator last year. So shout out to Texas State. All you Texas State fans tuned right. in to the we, podcast. Hey, did you know we have a Texas State rival site? I did not know that. Do we have a Bowling Green University rival site? I don't think we do. No, we don't. Hold on. What do you think? That I think it's like Bobcat Report. What's it called? Come on, Texas State. Yep, Bobcat Report. Wow, I'm all over it. You are a Texas State aficionado, brother. <laughs> so any, they got Party in the Pod. They have a. They even have a podcast. Um, Good so, for them. So uh, Marquise King. Okay, he's by far the best. I mean, take out Jermaine Johnson. If you're just watching – he looks like he's really good, doesn't he? Yeah, hey, he was straight. He get, he was here's the thing with him though, man. He was he was injured too. He was playing hurt the whole season. Yeah, he's constantly hurt. He Cuz he's thin. He's so skinny. Look at him. Right, but I mean, you have to imagine he could he could uh he could thrive. Like he could play power five football, don't you think? I wonder if he graduated. Did it say that he nah, graduated? He, didn't yeah, graduate. nah, he, he dropped out cuz of his mom. Yeah, yeah, that's another – oh, man, like it's such – you talk about the upbringing you have, right? And, and like some of these kids are just so doomed from the start. It, it, it makes me so sad when I see this kid struggling. He, the Coach Brown's like, you got an F in Soch. And he's like, oh, psychology? No, nah, I turn the paper and I'm good. No, sociology and psychology are two different classes, bro. Like he's struggling to be – to do what he has to do. And then his mom's calling her from the hospital crying – like, why would you put that strain on that kid like that? And then he he always says the the what, what I see a lot of kids that come from underprivileged backgrounds say, uh, I want to buy my mom a house and get her out of there and take care of my family. And it's such that's such a strain on a kid to have that mentality because you know if you come from a, a certain type of home, most homes it's you know the parents are the ones providing for the kids, so the kids can do good. But in this situation, when you when you got that when you got that massive weight on your shoulders coming up, man, and you're trying to, you're not even a man yet. Like you don't even know who you are, but you, you're already saddled with the, I have to make money for my entire family and improve their situation in life. It's just, you're just such an, you're starting in such a deep hole, man, psychologically. And I, I mean, I feel for the kid. I don't think coach Brown should have kicked him out. I think he made an example out of him at the end. Once Everything had already gone to hell, and they had no chances of, of resurrecting anything there. I just thought that was a, a, a panic move. I thought it was a weak move by him. You never had any culture there to begin with, and you're going to try to start it the, before the last game of the season. To me, that was just weak. Yeah, I mean, that was it was, and, and honestly, it was a it was a cut off your nose to spite your face situation, and it probably it really I don't, was. You know, it, it definitely didn't do the kid any favors. It was it was a uh, but I think he was good enough to play Power Five. Now academics and stuff is a whole other story. And but you mentioned the mom. I mean, you know, I'm not allowed to make fun of my mom on his podcast since it's, I'd have had to cut it out before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't do that anymore. Toxic type behavior, you know. And I, don't, I, don't, I mean, his mom. Yeah, he said. Remember what he said? He said that if I'd have lived with my dad, I probably would have got good grades and been better off but my mom just let me get away with stuff and we were so tight she was like my best friend and that's why I stayed with her because she just wanted to make me happy like that is a toxic way to parent it really is you're a permissive parent letting this kid do whatever he wants to do that's not your job man right exactly and then you know, I, I just like the whole guilt thing I mean you know I've experienced that when I understand she's sick but it's like 
what is him doing there going to help? Is it going to make you better? No, like he needs to get his degree so we can go play football and be in college, you know, like. Right. And, and why call and why call when you're in that state? He's right. Far away from home, tr- struggling with his grades, struggling with the football season. And you call him in that state. Like I get calling your son if you're in a hospital, but call when you're feeling better to pick his spirits up. You know that. How does that help anybody? You're just dragging him down. I, I, I feel for Marquise King. I, you know, I hope he bounces back. I remember in the first season, I thought he had a pretty decent attitude. And um, I, you know, I, I root for the kid, you know. Yeah, I feel for him. The difference is between me, between Marquise King and most people with parents like that and me, my mom tried that stuff with me and she'd be in the hospital crying because I would have cussed her out on the phone about calling me with that. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I could just tell you, and that's what you have to do to survive sometimes, you know, like you got to, yeah. So, all right. All right. Next up, we gotta go. We gotta get moving. Our boy Jermaine Johnson. We talked about him. I'll be interested to see because in the early episodes, I thought he looked really good. Uh, it'll be it'll be worth watching him at Georgia. Do you think, I don't know if he's supposed to be playing right away. I'd imagine he would be. Then, oh, they lost some guys to the NFL and stuff. And he's he hot. committed to Georgia midway through the season, right? Yeah, we had our boy Rusty on there on site to. Right. to like it just riveting right yeah 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 it was it was great man <laughs> but uh i i mean look here's what it is that team's losing they're going nowhere it's a it's it's all the, the titanic is sinking man if i'm him i'm playing businessman football look i'm good i'm going to georgia i'm straight i ain't going out there busting my ass or even trying to put myself in a position to get hurt you know what I mean? I'm just going to set the edge, long arm my tackle, keep it, keep them away from my body, and make sure nothing hits my feet, man. <laughs> That's how I'm doing <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah. Oh, dang, bro. in advance. Uh, then we have our boy, Bobby Bruce. We talked about it. Another guy who, who, who by the way, probably wasn't very good ever. Um, no. He decided to make him a character on the show. But, I mean, he, wa- he, he got his girlfriend pregnant. He wanted to go back. And – Rather than quit, he decided to go steal that stuff. I mean, Dave, as someone who's committed crimes in his life, A, you know that- Allegedly, allegedly. Past the statute of limitations for both of us. You know that there's cameras there, A. If you're any type of criminal, okay, those cameras are not hidden in the hallways at the dorms. They're probably like one of those big black circular things there, right? I don't think I don't think I think you might be giving Bobby Bruce's okay. uh, criminal okay. act, criminal acumen a little bit too much credit here, man. <laughs> like, I mean, and then for him to act like he was railroaded when it's like Bobby, bro, you just got arrested and you some and you got off in the off season. They bring you back. You can't go into someone. I just took food. Who you can't go into someone's room and steal stuff, dude. Yeah, and and he said something that was extremely disheartening to me too that I see way too often in my profession, which is you know, I, I'm glad I had a baby, but I I didn't want to get the news when I was in jail. Right, it's just like ugh, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like you know, born loser type man. I feel feel for Bobby. You know, Bobby was my guy. You know what I mean? Hope he turns his life around, but things aren't trending well for old Bobby Bruce. Yeah, I think he's playing semi pro or something like that. Get- oh, is he? Uh, the uh, manatee Neptunes. I can't imagine that's going to be a. Well, I just hope he stays busy and stays out of trouble and finds something right, to exactly. give him purpose and occupy his mind. You know what I mean? To take care of his kid. The the real star of the season was uh, Kalen Davis, who they called KD. Um, mm-hmm. For for him, the the whole thing was look. He was struggling with academics. He he kind of took the Bobby role of this this year, right? And and honestly, the we had right. a new teacher going to replace the the lady from last year. Yeah, she was not good TV, by the way. <laughs> not at all. She reminded me of the girls I used to copy my homework off of in high school. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to like. I wanted to take a hair dryer and blow the dandruff off her shoulders. Like I was, <laughs> I was like blowing on my TV. Just give it a swipe, lady. Just one swipe. Good lord. Reminded me of that chick from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. So before we get in trouble with her, K, uh, our boy KD had to write a twenty-page paper, which I think he struggled with, and they helped him through. And I was talking. I talked Listen, with Cassie. I 
look, I, in community college, I would have struggled with a 20 page paper. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not mad at him. And I didn't like that teacher who gives a 20 page paper to a community college. This dude don't even have an associate's degree and you're making a write a 20 page paper, man. That's a bit much. And they're like, you got five other zeros. Yeah. He got a 20 page paper to write. He ain't got time to focus on anything else in his life. Did you go to community college, Dave? Yeah, I started out at community college. I was in the honors program. The longest page, the, the most pages I wrote on one paper was five. Okay, so and I wasn't in the middle of nowhere, Kansas either. I was in community college of Philly. There were actually like people there transitioning to new careers that are you know had degrees elsewhere. They just needed to get a certification somewhere, and they were in my honors group. We never wrote a twenty-page paper. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I also went to uh, community college, especially UCF. Used to do this thing where like they'd let you. T- take this was the biggest scam they had going or i had going they would let you take so they have all these like ucf would have satellite campuses at all these community colleges around orlando right yeah so you essentially were taking ucf classes but you'd go to the community college and it would just be easy money i mean instead of being in a class with 300 people you're in there with 20 to 20 people or whatever and I took some, yeah, yeah. and it would also be cheaper to take some community college classes. So it'd be like, look, I can take English one at UCF or I can take it at Seminole Community College and it costs a quarter of the price and it's way easier, you know? Like, Bro, listen, I had that, I had that whole hustle finessed. So when I, my first year there, I was just taking like, you know, humanities and English and stuff like that. And then I got that scholarship to go to Bucknell. So I figured out, I got with my advisor and I said, all right, what, what courses transfer to Bucknell? I took chemistry, two Spanishes, uh, algebra two, I, every hard class you could take, I took in community college because uh, a B in community college is a D at Bucknell. You know what I mean? So I was straight by the time I hit Bucknell, I had all my hard classes out of the way and I just focused on sociology and psychology classes. I graduated with like a three, six and I went back to community college in the summer and took extra courses so I could graduate early. So, I mean, I, I, if, if you told me you had to write, Dave, you're going to have to write a 20 page paper for this class. I would be like, professor, I'm going to have to transfer to another class. <laughs> Screw that. I'm dropping that. Yeah, I, I did the same. I definitely did the Spanish. The Spanish hustle is the best hustle. Taking community. Spanish, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And any science class is, is the hustle right there, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I took chemistry. I needed chemistry to get in there. So I had to take it, but I didn't have to take any of the math classes I took. And I definitely didn't have to take the language classes. So you're right. That's the hustle right there. Do not take, if, if you're, you could, you could take a hard class if you're in college right now listening to this and you're a junior or a so- if you're a sophomore and you have like a class that's you a prereq, go see if the local community college has that prereq and if that transfers over to your four-year school because it's going to be cheaper and it's going to be a lot easier. Exactly. So uh, anyway, I thought he was a good – I mean he was a pretty good-natured kid and he ended up going yeah, – he was- he was the best character as far as players go by a long shot. I mean, he's the one kid that you actually really liked or rooted for. Right, exactly. He ended up going to uh, Arkansas State, so I'm sure we'll be seeing more of him. And then uh, Chance Maine, who, by the way, Coach Brown, can we take this kid and move him to offensive line for crying out loud? What are we doing? The white was that kid. the kid that was that the kid that hurt his back? Yeah, I, I feel like he was a little undersized for that, though. Right? Maybe put him at fullback or something. I don't know. Um, he looked to be like 6'3", 225. I don't think he was an O-line caliber. Well, no, I thought he had – He played like linebacker, the, right? You got him at 6'5", 250. Now he played D-end. Really? I'm saying in the Rivals database, and he signed with Incarnate Word. You're telling me you couldn't get him up to 280 and have him as an athletic tackle? He was only – There? With, no. <laughs> I don't think there. you could put 30 pounds on anybody there. Maybe in the future, but he was the local boy done right. We had his his dad uh, who also played there. Then you had his mom. It seemed like a pretty well to do family for uh, for living there. Where oh they- yeah, he was. Yeah, he was balling, bro. The, the house was big. He had that big old truck. He yeah. was straight. Yeah, so, That's a kid that didn't need football, you know? Right. So he ended up at an FCS school, Incarnate Word, uh, down in Texas. And then there were some other people, but I mean. <clears throat> The bottom line is this season definitely was way was probably the worst one so far. Would you say? Without without a question, without question. 
I mean, oh, we- I want to talk about one more character. My favorite character in the whole show was the little girl who kept praying to go back to California. <laughs> that was so funny to me, dude. They're like, all right, let's have our prayers. And she's like, I pray that we could go back to California. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was probably the other hero of the season was the wife of the defensive coordinator. I mean, what a what a trooper. Talk about having uh, someone having your back. She's taking classes at the college. She's raising the kids in the dorms. You know what I mean? Like, she was doing it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. She was awesome. Yeah, so. Yeah, the best thing that probably happened to that coach in his marriage was him getting fired so they could go back to California, though. Because as much as a trooper as she was, I don't think I, – I don't know how long – that timeline was for, for that uh, tour of duty. For, yeah, for that's, that a, that's like <laughs> you know a, what I mean? That's like a, he comes home one day and she, she's gone and she's going to live with her sister. Uh, right, absolutely. Situation. Uh, and he's just sitting there in those in those uh, cinder block walled dorms. I mean, that thing looked like a jail cell, man. I, I, the holding cell here in Jefferson County, is, it has the exact same kind of setup as those dorms, man. It was sad. Yeah, I remember a lot of dorms being like. I remember my friend, one of my friends, was in the Air Force, and he was living in some type of like thing like that where they shared a bathroom in the middle. And I was like, "Bro, this feels like prison, man." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's communal living. You know, the military is very communal in it. But you know, I went to Bucknell. We had nice dorms. I actually had an apartment. It was nice. The place we lived looked like like where the players at Florida State live. <laughs> we were balling out there. Not me. I was living in uh, what was it called? The Villages at Science Drive, also known as like Knight's Village. Knight's Village at Science Drive, maybe. Bottom line is there's a crappy apartment. I did have a little backyard, though, so I could get my little garden going back there whatnot. You know, that's always a – There you go. So anyway, so to wrap it up, I mean, there were a couple – you know, Malik, our boy Malik Henry, walked on at Nevada. Honestly, I think he should go play baseball. Um, I think his yeah he doesn't he doesn't love football. Right. He's third string at Nevada right now, of course, because he's a walk on. Yeah, so uh, and then, that's his dad. That's his dad driving him to live out his dream vicariously. You know what I mean? That that kid don't want to play no football. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like he likes it. And and with how many schools he's bounced around at now over the years, it's like you know you got to know you got to know when to cut bait. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a it's a pyrrhic victory at this point for him to walk on at Nevada. Like so much has been done to him just let him let him well, go let him do what he wants to do i wouldn't like i said imagine if he he was a very good baseball player imagine if he went and trained and worked out for some team you're telling me he wouldn't get drafted and get get some money go play but get a get a 50 grand signing bonus like our boy felipe franks you know um, yeah i think that he could have done that i mean a lot of people do get drafted and he's a pretty good athlete so I, it's just I don't know if he can hit the curveball or not. You know? What's crazy is, you know, and, and Rob would attest, Rob, Rob never liked Malik Henry. A lot of us didn't think he was very good, and we ended up dropping him at the end. You know, there's a lot to go into. <sighs> much, much to the chagrin of a uh, certain fan base down there right, northern Florida. And, and it, honestly, if we were, we would have dropped him way more. We probably should have. I think a lot of us know that we should have. And it was a debate. Um, there were times where he looked really good. I mean, I remember one time going to watch him play seven on seven. He was playing with Isaac Nada, and I mean, he was shredding people. But those days were, you know, his best days were when he was younger, and and he definitely fell. Yeah, up. yeah. So, and I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop a dated reference on him and and mix my metaphors. He's he's a John Starks type player, man. When he's hot, he's really good. But there's nights where he is not on at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well. Every time we play basketball, Rob wears a really gross John Starks jersey with no shirt on it. Nice. What's all over us? So big, sexy. Uh, but hey, what? What? Who had Malik Henry the lowest? I feel like Scout had him as like a three star. Uh, I don't know because their rankings don't exist anymore. You can't find him online. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's not there anymore. I'd have to. I'll. I'll take a quick look at the other sites while we're talking. But uh, yeah, so. So I don't know if there's going to be another season or not. There probably will be. I'll probably watch it. We'll talk about it. But it's definitely uh, – so I'm trying to find his – so they have him I'm as – FSU.com thing. It'll have it on there. They have so him as a three-star, but this was um, – I mean, look at how many high schools he went to. He went to three different high schools. I know. I know, man. Like all the red flags were there. So All the red yeah, flags. 24-7 had him as number 53 overall. I think we had him in the 40s, probably. We can rivals. Um, yeah, we had him as number 34. Ugh. Brutal. <laughs> um, 
And uh, <laughs> that's 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 a tough pill to swallow that year. Let's let's take a look at the position that year. Um, geez, Shea Patterson number one, Malik Henry number two, uh, Jared Garantano number three, Khalil Tate number four. I think we, you know, he's been way better than anybody ever thought he was going to be. Uh, yeah, Shane Bouchel. That, that one year. Yeah, Shane Bouchel. He's. I think he's out at – I think he transferred to SMU. Uh, Max Gilliam. Boy, this is a terrible group. Devin Moss. ES, ESPN has Malik Henry, 17th overall, number two position. Yeah, which – Number, number which one. Which game did he play I forget. <laughs> I don't remember, man. Under Armour. Yeah, Under Armour, yeah, yeah. So we had, we had Jalen Hurts, ninth at dual threat quarterback that year. Uh, Wasn't Juwan Pass in that group? Yeah, he was Juwan Bass was 14th at dual threat quarterback that year. Much and would have been even lower if I had my way. Um, this was just a terribly. I'm looking through. I mean, this was a terrible year for quarterbacks. I mean, some of these guys. I'm trying to see like who who we badly missed on. I mean, uh, it's a there. You can't really find anyone. Hurts is probably the worst one, but I don't think any of these guys. Maybe the only guy who has a chance to be a first rounder out of this group st- still is, is Shea Patterson, who was the number one guy. So, um, a lot of expectations for Shea in Michigan this year. I'm seeing in all the all the new uh, all the publications over the summer, the magazines. You know, they got Michigan contending for the playoffs, and I think a big part of that is uh, people are expecting a lot out of Shea. So, this is his money year, and I know that's your boy. I know you're cool with his pops. So. You know, good luck to him and the fam. Yeah, that, that's family, as they would say. Uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking, speaking of family, we got to talk about Josh Rosen. We haven't talked right, about Josh real, real quick because we got to wrap up. So I got to go. So Josh is down in Miami, and I'm reading a lot of early reports, speculative reports, uh, way too early, as they say in the industry. But uh, they're saying Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is is set to be the starter if they, you know the way things are looking right first now. First of all, the season's a month away. Second of all, we're like four days into training camp, and they're saying he's leading the battle. Which, whatever. Okay, <laughs> go ahead and start Ryan Fitzpatrick and see how that see how that works out for you. That's my thing, though. Like, like we have this body of evidence. We have a large sample size of Ryan Fitzpatrick going in the summer. Winning, winning the starting job to start the season, coming out hot for like the first couple games, and then being terrible and basically destroying a team season, and the process keeps repeating itself. Though it, it flies in the face of you know what coaches usually do, which is you know all right, we've seen this before, let's not do it again. But for some reason, he's Rasputin, man. He just keeps coming back, and he's a good guy to have around. But if you're going to listen, it. Especially if you're the Dolphins, you have to know if Rosen is any good because you're probably going to be bad anyway, and you need to get a top pick. So it's like you, you, and you're going to have to draft a quarterback because you got Herbert, you got Tua Star, you got Jake Fromm, you got whoever else you want to throw out there. You got to know if you got to draft one of those guys. So Rosen, (laughs) honestly, I feel like Rosen has obviously gotten the short end of the stick so far in his NFL career. I think he'll win the job when it comes down to it. And if he doesn't, he'll be starting by week three or four. uh, And they're going to be terrible. But the problem is they're going to be terrible no matter what happens. Like they basically admitted that they're like tanking, you know? Right, right. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade some of their guys too, like Kiko Alonso and guys like that that can actually play who are a little bit older. I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, NFL teams have started to who's, trade a little more. Who's the number one quarterback prospect? Is it is it your boy Herbert out in Oregon? Yeah, it's Herbert or Tua. I mean – Tua star? I, I think – yeah. Herbert is like the more – Interesting. Her, Herbert's like – the problem is you're going to put Herbert in front as long as they have a decent season, which I I expect them to win nine games or, or so. I mean, Herbert just looks like a million bucks. It's going to be hard for if if Daniel Jones is going to go number six. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, bro. You know what I mean? Herbert is legit six foot six, two hundred twenty five yeah. pounds. Looks like a quarterback has a cannon arm. I mean. It's going to be hard for for teams to pass on that in the top five. I just someone's going to fall in love with him, even if Tua goes number one. And he'll go. He'll go number two. He just he just got he just lacks the cut cliff factor. That's it. Right. What are you doing? Brushing your teeth over there? What does that sound? 
No, it's my trying to grab something from my dog who's getting on my nerves. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us. I am going on vacation, Dave, so it's going to be up to you and Rob to maybe do some uh, preseason under-over or, or excuse me, over under content. Rob and I have had a hard time finding the lines on our preferred uh, sports book because we were discussing it off the air. So uh, I'm not sure you were discussing it. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's going to. Yeah, like as far as right now, I do not see win totals on this site that we use. There's like conference championships and stuff like that. So um, I know they're out there for a lot of teams, but they could be inconsistent. So. Hopefully we'll do we'll do some of that. The only teams the week after I get back, we can do a lot of it because I'll be back the week before the season. So we could do a lot of it that week. Maybe we'll use that as our college football preview week. Hopefully you can get him to do a podcast while I'm gone though. Yeah, we'll be doing it when you get back. <laughs> and in the fall, we will be going back to Sunday shows where I have different guests on every week. So uh, Dave, I'll surely be a guest a few times at least. But I'll, uh, I, I, I think people seem to like when we did the Sunday shows last year where we had different people on. Did you like that, Dave, as a listener? Yeah, yeah, it was straight. Yeah, we'd had uh, we had Sam's my favorite. My favorite was Sam. Yeah, Sam talking about. Uh... Getting into a beef with the police. Imagine Sam couldn't. Now that Sam's with corporate, he couldn't tell that story. He'd probably get in trouble. No. So uh, that's the kind of stuff. Of course, I got. I did get in trouble for a couple of the guests I had. So um, anyway, we'll be back with another episode next week. More tradi- or excuse me, and if, whenever Dave can get Rob to do it, Rob never listens to this, so he won't know. So tweet at him at Cassidy Rob. Tell him you want a podcast. Stoke his ego. That's the best way to get it done. And uh, we will be back uh, hopefully by the end of the summer with some preseason stuff. And then, like I said, two shows a week uh, in the fall. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Please review us on iTunes, and uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Mm-hmm.